0: Braves, Bulldogs, Falcons, Yellow Jackets, Hawks,
1: Eagles. From the heart of Georgia, it's the Bill Shanks Show. Hour number three. It's five o'clock on this Tuesday afternoon. Thank you very much for being with us. I'm Bill Shanks in Waycross, GA. Tomorrow I'll be in Blackshear, Georgia, home of Stetson Bennett, the quarterback of the two-time defending national champion Georgia Bulldogs. Carter's Fried Chicken. If you're in the Waycross Blackshear area, we invite you to come by tomorrow, say hello, and have some fried squash. You will thank me. The chicken is really good. The fish is really good. They got gizzards, they're really good. They got good food, and it's really good. And we hope you'll come by and say hello tomorrow. We'll be there three until six o'clock, and uh, doing the show from there. So we're looking forward to that. All right, I wanted to mention this before we get back to the phones. I looked this up. All right, so Darnell Washington measured at six six and five eighths, which round that up six seven. Two hundred sixty four pounds. By comparison. Kyle Pitts, listed at 6'6", 246. Travis Kelsey, listed at 6'5", 256. George Kittle, 6'4", 250. And Evan Ingram, 6'3", 240. Darnell Washington is bigger than all of them. And I wouldn't be surprised if Atlanta, Kansas City, San Francisco, or Jacksonville get their hands on Darnell Washington and pair him with those other tight ends. Can not tell me it's not tempting? From Twitter, J-Rad chimes in. That guy made valid points about Darnell, but he was greatly underutilized because they had so many weapons. If he is available at eight, you have to take him or Jalen. Well, I mean, look, I, I I think the guy made points but as well, but I, I do think you're right, and I also think that Darnell would have had more yards if not for Brock Bowers. Brock Bowers is ridiculous. I mean, what kind of conversation we're going to be having a year from now again, I ask, about Brock Bowers. There's no damn telling. No telling. He's an unbelievable talent. All right, let's get back to the phones. Kirkland in Macon. I wish you could come to Blackshear tomorrow. You never know who you might run in there when I'm down there. Uh, Is it going to be Carter Chicken? Stetson's going to be there. Well, no telling. I mean, you know, it's a small town, so he could pop in. As far as we know, if he's in town, we'll try to get him over there just so we can say, "Hey, Kirkland." (laughs) You know,
0: Steph's been. I'm also. I was going to talk about the Falcons, but you, you, you kind of sparked my interest a little bit, Bill. He's, just, I mean, he, he's the, the most doubted quarterback in the history of college football. But at the same time, he's the greatest closer in the history of college football. I mean, this guy just can't win, man.
1: Well, he, you know, he's going to get his opportunity because I, I think that that performance the other day had to open some people's eyes. You know, if you're not a first-round pick quarterback – then you're almost like Desmond Ritter. I mean, here we are a year after Desmond Ritter was drafted, and we're still, even after four games of him starting, not sure about whether or not he's the guy or not. How many times will a third-round draft pick compared to a first-round draft pick get an opportunity to go lead an offense as a rookie? Well, probably not much. Probably many of them are going to be like Desmond, where you have to ease into the role if you're going to be given the opportunity. So, you know, where's Stetson in that? And, you know, you, you think about that compared to if he's a day three draft pick, Kirkland, where if he's a day three draft pick, he's definitely a backup quarterback. I mean, that's just the bottom line until he gets the opportunity to prove that he can be the guy. And then you go and remember that last year, Mr. Irrelevant, the last player picked in the draft, became the San Francisco 49ers starting quarterback. And pretty much, in my mind, before he got hurt and tore his Tommy John elbow ligament, had moved out the fourth, or or rather the third, picking the previous year's draft. So, you know, where can Stetson fit into that? And I I think, uh, you know, it's going to mean more about where he goes and what team drafts him to answer that question.
0: I mean, yeah, because we all know that the combine is just a workout per se, but when you actually got to see (laughs) Stetson do that, I'm pretty sure all the prognosticators – they had to be kind of wild a little bit, like, "Wow, this guy is great!" Yeah,
2: I mean, Man wow.
0: <laughs> you know? I mean, you ever see? You ever been the show the Greatest American Hero? And it's my most favorite uh, show of all time. You, ever, you remember that joke? <laughs> that I do. I
1: do. <laughs> I'm surprised that's your favorite show of all time, though. <laughs>
0: hey, I was hurt when they took that show out of syndication. I was hurt. About, I mean, taken out of, off the air. I was hurt about that but Yeah, man. <laughs> William
1: Cott flying through the air in his bad costume.
0: <laughs> I love that guy, man. That was an incredible show. Man. I, I love that guy. But yeah, <laughs> and he's just not. He's just gonna have to always prove it, I guess. You know, because. The chapter's kind of still unfolding. When you say that the chapter's still kind of unfolding, for a minute, this guy has so much. I think left in the tank, man. It's unbelievable to me. Mm -hmm. Well,
1: look, there's no position on the football field, or perhaps in sports, that is more debated than quarterback. We're sitting here right now and debating about four quarterbacks: Anthony Richardson, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, and Bryce Young. I don't know if – I mean, how many of those four is there a consensus about? Perhaps CJ? And that may be only because of what he did against George on December 31st. There's no consensus about Bryce. Some people think he's too short. There's no consensus about Levis because he didn't show it at Kentucky. And Anthony Richardson started 20 games at Florida. That's where the skepticism comes in. We're sitting here talking about four of the top players in the first round. And then you get to a player like Stetson, and then you go and look at these players like Trey Lance two years ago, and and Zach Wilson two years ago. I mean, look at them now. Sam Darnold, what four years ago, three years ago? Hell, he's bouncing around like a basketball already. I mean, the, the quarterback is is it is not an easy position. To, and, and, you know, when when Josh Allen came out, there wasn't a consensus on Josh Allen when he came back. Many people thought that Josh Rosen from UCLA was just as good, right? So it is – I mean, let me, I want to bring Russ into this for a second. Russ, is it too strong to just say that the quarterback position is a crap shoot? No, I don't think that's too strong. I mean, it is. Um, and I no think- matter where you're drafted, no matter what you are, It's a. It, I mean
2: – Look at them that we thought were the real deal and they weren't. Yeah. And then, I mean, then you got guys like Dak Prescott that was drafted late, or Tom Brady was a six round pick. And I think, and I have a theory on on this year in particular, Bill. I think it's even more of a crapshoot now than ever because they do have a rookie salary cap. So it's a lot easier to move on from a guy if he's not the guy. Like, if you go back to before they instituted this rookie salary cap, I don't think there's any way Will Levis or Anthony Richardson go in the first round because they're not going to make that kind of financial commitment to those guys. But now that they don't have to do that, you can take a flyer on somebody Mm -hmm. based off their, you know, height, weight, you know, athletic traits and bring them in. And if they're the guy, awesome. And if they're not, you know, two or three years, you just go find another one. Yeah,
1: that's right. Well, and obviously, Zach Wilson's not going to last two years in New York, especially if they're flying all over the country to chase Aaron Rodgers, especially if they were interested in Derek Carr. Especially if if they don't get Aaron Rodgers, they may turn around and go after Lamar Jackson. I mean, Zach Wilson, after two years, is gone. And look, two years ago, I saw, I think you and I both did, on NFL Network, his private workout. And we got on the show two hours later and say, and we said, that was pretty damn impressive. We admitted that was pretty damn impressive. And, the, you know, he had no shot. I mean, so, anyway, sorry to get off track there, Kirkland, but quarterback is just a cramp shoot, which makes a player like Stetson someone that you can't ignore. Yeah, very valuable. Because
0: you said Will Evans, he's throwing 59%, 59 percent, miles per hour, right? And C.J. Stroud, he's throwing the best deep ball. But then again, Stetson threw like three darts down about 70 yards in the air, man. Yeah. And you say he's got the better than I mean, yeah. Stess, the lesson will continue. Stephen Bennett will deliver again
1: very soon. All right, you caught about the Falcons until I got, off, got you all track, and he's hung up, so whatever. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I have said, if you go back a couple years when people were getting on Matt Ryan, and I get it, we all got on him at some point, and maybe we were just tired of him. Who knows? But when people were getting on Matt Ryan, I said, be careful, be careful, be careful. Please be careful. This is a dangerous ground you're walking on. You're treading on real big time quicksand here because when you move on from Matt Ryan, you don't know what's around that corner. Well, around that corner was Marcus Mariota. Well, We know, and we knew after, especially after Desmond Ritter was drafted in the third round, that Marcus Mariota was a bridge quarterback. There was no doubt about that. I mean, you know, there was no dream, I don't think, of Arthur Smith that he was going to bring someone who he had benched two years ago in Tennessee to Atlanta, and all of a sudden he was going to find the magic dust to make himself a great quarterback. That was, no, he was a bridge quarterback till they figured out when they were going to pull the trigger on letting Desmond Ritter be the starter. In my opinion, it was too damn late. It was after 13 games, which was stupid. And that's why they would have been better off losing all those games that they won. So They would have gotten that crap out of the way, and they could have put Desmond Ritter in earlier, and we would have had a better indication of whether or not he's the guy moving forward. I understand the skepticism about Desmond Ritter because we only saw him for four games, and that's not a lot. That's why he should have played at least half the year. At least half the year. Marcus Mariota was never going to be anything more than a bridge quarterback. You're wasting our time. Oh, but we're competitive with Mark. full crap. Come on. So that was a mistake. That was just a dumb, dumb mistake. We all know that. Desmond Ritter should have been in there. At mid-season. Just to see. So there would be no ambiguity whatsoever. Now what we saw, there's nothing wrong with what we saw from Desmond Ritter. Nothing. There was nothing that makes you say, got to move on. Now did he blow us away? No. But did he throw five picks in four games? Did Did he look like he didn't belong? I don't think so. I may have missed something, but I don't think so. But anyway, that to me is even more of the reason. It has nothing to do with the history of the franchise, nothing to do with the fact that they blew Brett Favre out of there 30 years ago because he partied too much in Buckhead. That is the reason, though, that you have to give Desmond a shot. you got to make it better around him. you got to build that offensive lineup. Look, if they sign Orlando Brown. 6'8", 263 pounds, who has protected Patrick Mahomes to a Super Bowl win. If they sign Orlando Brown and get whether it's another running back, I don't care if it's Derrick Henry or Nick Chubb at running back or another receiver, whether it's Allen Robinson or someone else or a draft pick, or if it's Devon Oshane, the running back from A&M, or A and M or a wide receiver. You know Josh Downs from North Carolina in the second round from North uh, to to be at receiver. They get all that around Desmond Ritter, and next year that offense sucks. We're going to know what we need to do. Hundred percent, we're going to know it's ain't going to work, and we got to pray when that happens that there is someone out there, maybe not the level of Lamar Jackson, who's a former MVP but someone who they can turn to that may they may be interested in to go get to be their quarterback. And look, quarterback is a volatile position. Changes all the time. Do you think anybody in Baltimore, Maryland would have ever thought, ever thought that they would have done what they did to Lamar Jackson today? When he won the MVP award, could you have imagined that they would not have been able to come to an agreement with Lamar Jackson so that they would set him free? No. They thought Lamar Jackson was their guy. This ain't no Kyle Bowler we got here for the Ravens. This is the real deal. This is an MVP. He's the real deal. And now he may be gone. So quarterback, that, that stuff can change on a dime, man. I'm telling you, I really think that that is correct of what I said. I don't know if there's a more volatile position in the sports world than an NFL quarterback here today gone tomorrow and it can change so quickly you can think you've got your guy and and look more times than not you strike out we can go through every team in the NFL about a quarterback that didn't work out every single team every one of them you know, did Chris Miller work out 35 years ago for the Falcons? I mean, he was okay, but he wasn't great like they thought he was going to be. For those of you who remember, he got concussions, God bless him, over and over and over again. He was he was in a mess. Maybe if he hadn't gotten concussions and he had been protected a little bit more, he would have been. But, I mean, he, he wasn't the second coming of Steve Barkowski. You know, they had to turn to veterans. They had to turn to Bobby Bear. They had to turn to Jeff George. They had to. It Then turned to Chris Chandler after, after Dan took over in 1997. They had the, you know, it wasn't until they got Michael Vick in 20, 2001 where you were like, okay, but we got something kind of interesting here, and obviously he was unbelievable, unbelievable. That was a trade that worked out. And they had and 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 look, let's let's stop right there. Do you remember? When Michael Vick was coming out of Virginia Tech, what the conversation was with him? You think the chatter about Kyler Murray was rough a couple of years ago? Now, I don't think Kyler Murray was thought to be the number one draft pick a couple of years ago, but the same conversation was going on about Michael Vick 20 years ago. And, and, and the conversation about what kind of running quarterback wasn't about him being black, it was about him being a running quarterback. Can a running quarterback. Do enough to produce offense on the field to make your team a winner? Or is he going to get hurt? Is he going to be in trouble? Is he got to be around the bright offensive line? And does he have the skill set to throw the ball? Well, look, we found out pretty quick when Michael Vick got the job in Atlanta. That kid could throw the damn ball. I think if we want to if you want to criticize any part of Michael Vick's skill set, <laughs> you could almost say that it was that he threw the ball too hard. I think the saddest part about Michael Vick and how his story unfolded for Atlanta is that, in my opinion, before he got in trouble with the arrest and, and went to prison, his last year with Atlanta, I thought he was really turning the corner on becoming even more of a, of a pure passer in that his passes were not fastballs. They were change-ups, and he was throwing the ball better. I mean, I think he just threw the ball too hard because he could, and I think it was easy for him because that was just—he he was a fastball pitcher. He was a fastball pitcher throwing, playing quarterback, where he needed to come off the of speed a little bit, you know, and and he was doing that, and then all of a sudden he got in trouble, and he was gone. Right? He, even that shows us about quarterbacks. We loved Michael Vick first year on this show. Later on this month, me and Russ will celebrate 16 years. For this program. We've been on the air for 16 years. March 27, 2007. First year we were on the air. We loved Michael Vick. We took up for him when things were going and starting to happen. And, and we were like, leave him alone. That's our quarterback. Because he was ours. We loved him. And then all of a sudden, things changed when a little article in the Dallas Morning News came out that implicated him In the dogfighting world, that was kind of a red flag. We loved him. And then look what happened. I mean, quarterback, you just pray to God that when you get one, like Matt Ryan, that you can win a championship. And they were as close as you can get, and they choked. And it wasn't Matt's fault. So, anyway, I mean, I've gone on a, a little rampage here. But, I mean, quarterback is give me some dice. Let me roll it. Because that, that's what it is. Every, I, I mean, we can go through every team. I'm, I'm having, you know, Achilles Smith comes to my mind. Um, a couple of years ago, Mitch Trubisky. How much did the Bears give up for Mitch Trubisky? You know, uh, Washington goes and drafts R.G. Three. Same draft they draft Kirk Cousins, and people laughed at him. R.G. Three can't get. Healthy can't stay healthy. I loved RG three. I think if he could have stayed healthy, he would have been great. He couldn't stay healthy, and then they turn to Kirk Cousins, and then he leaves a couple years later and goes to Minnesota. I mean, it is a crazy proposition to try to get a quarterback. I don't. I don't know. This this may be a little bit of of a of a stretch. But will this I think this could be a fair question. Russ, will the Atlanta Falcons ever have a 10-year quarterback like Matt
2: Ryan again? Oh boy. I mean, I I hope so. You I hope. I mean, I hope so, but that I mean, 10 years. That's I mean, that's health. That's, you know, that, that there's a lot that goes into that and It's, yeah. it's hard to say yes cuz I mean, how many teams look around the NFL? How many teams have a quarterback that's on year 10? Not very many. No. Not at all. Not at all. It's it's
1: just uh, it's a crapshoot. And it's, uh, to me, that's why if you think, not necessarily even know, if you think you may have your guy, you need to give him a shot. And, again, we don't know anything about Desmond Ritter, which is scary. It, uh, and I admit it. Is it scary for me to think you're going to surround this guy for one year at least and not know whether or not he can do the job the way you want him to do? Sure, but I'm not in the mindset of this coming season. I don't really care about Arthur Smith and his future. I'm not of the opinion that that this has to be a, a Super Bowl winning team. I think this is another step in the process. So, therefore, it's the perfect time, in my opinion, for them to go and have Desmond Ritter get that 17-game audition. And I hate to call it an audition, but give the kid who you spent a third-round draft pick on after you had gotten rid of your longtime quarterback, give him a full year's shot. And that's why I'm not trading for a higher pick to get one of these four quarterbacks. And the only one that I really think I have – Complete confidence of being worth a damn in the NFL right now is CJ Stroud, and he may go number one. And there ain't no way in the world this team should give up all that capital like a next year. Look, they may be in the top 10 next year for all we know. I'm going to give that up for another roll of the dice for a quarterback? No way. Take a chance with the one you got, get a veteran who may be there in case he fails, and then go for it with other players at other positions that you need help at. All right, four seven eight six four six ESPN. These damn Falcons just make me crazy. Andy on Twitter: closers in baseball are very volatile as well. I'd say closers and quarterbacks are close. Absolutely. How many days of this sixteen years of this show have we sat here bitching about Braves closers? <laughs> right. And Russ, we weren't even on the air when Dan Colb and oh my gosh, Bob Wickman
2: were doing it for Atlanta. Were we? Uh, can you say Dan Colb on the radio? <laughs> Oh, my gosh. It's probably a good thing we weren't on the radio then.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But Andy's right, right? Closers. Yep. I mean, the other day something popped up on my YouTube page of Mark Wohlers, who had just been brought back up by the Atlanta Braves. This had to be 1997 or 8. So it was two or three years after he had won the World Series for the Atlanta Braves, with a save in game 6 of the World Series in 1995. He was a dominant closer and as many of you remember, he lost it. Lost it. Went went down to Richmond at the time and I remember listening to I think it was it was either Peter Skip on the call of the of the game on TBS. And they were like, "You know, his stats in Richmond were not good. He did not go down there and get straightened out. The Braves brought him back up. And bless his heart, he could not throw the ball. He was throwing at the backstop. He was throwing it I mean it's a wonder I I would have been scared to death if I'd been the hitter. He couldn't I mean he was bouncing them up there. And I mean he literally lost it. He lost it. Just absolutely lost it. Never regained it. Really. He never got it back because he just lost it. So that's a great point, Andy. I think you're right. All right, 478-646-ESPN. We'll take a break. Back with more sports talk on this Tuesday afternoon in the state of Georgia right after this. Tell <music> Russ here on the radio talking sports. 528-478-646-ESPN is our number. Pro Football Rumors reporting the Dolphins are also not expected to be in the mix for Lamar Jackson uh, joining a few teams that are on uh, this path. Miami is believed to be committed to Tua Tagovailoa, And uh, there have also been reports this afternoon that the Panthers and the Commanders are also not going to be in on, on Lamar Jackson. I'm reading this article here. Panthers pursued Deshaun Watson for two seasons, but they are not expected to make a push for Jackson, according, according to Joe Person, who is the longtime rider of the Panthers. Also, the Commanders, Washington, the former Redskins team. Commanders offered three first round picks for Russell Wilson last year, but Kimberly Martin of ESPN.com adds they are considered unlikely to go after the. Baltimore Ravens quarterback. Falcons also made it pretty clear based on their numerous reports to emerge since the Ravens slapped the non-exclusive tag on their quarterback. They will not be a part of the pursuit. The Jets are currently seeking Aaron Rodgers while the Saints signed Derek Carr. Giants have signed Daniel Jones. Seahawks have signed Geno Smith. So, again, what is the deal with the um, teams that could, in fact, be pursuing – Lamar Jackson, Raiders have to be thought of as a possibility. I think that's something that you have to keep an eye on because if in fact Aaron Rodgers goes to the to the Jets, the Raiders who of course, I mean the Raiders really don't have a quarterback. Now that Derek Carr's gone, I mean, who do they have? So, that's a possibility and Josh McDaniels is someone who is going to want a good quarterback. He's the coach of the of the Raiders. I think the Raiders are a team you have to keep an eye on. But, again, that that uh, story is going to be part of the discussion about the draft because the teams that could be in on the five, four quarterbacks who are expected to be at the top. I want to go back to the uh, Tom McShay mock draft here um, that uh, he had out today. And uh, I'm also looking at our story. I'm going to take a little sidebar here. A story that lists a couple of teams that um, could be in conversation. They mentioned the Packers, which the Packers obviously have got Jordan Love. 49ers. All right, well, they've got. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo is a free agent. That's another name that's going to be out there. Trey Lance, obviously, is a question mark. And now Brock Purdy is a question mark because of his Tommy John ligament being worked on. So would they instead go after Lamar Jackson? Minnesota, would they look at it uh, considering the fact Kirk Cousins is 34 years old? Wow, I didn't realize he was that old. Detroit, they mentioned Detroit. Although Jared Goff, I think they should keep Jared Goff. I think Jared Goff did pretty well last year. And then they mentioned New England. Which boy, that would shake up the world if New England went after Lamar Jackson, because obviously there's got to be some questions with, with uh, Mac. You know that hadn't really been talked about very much, Russ. What what could Bill Belichick be up to, especially? I don't know how the conversation is in New England about Mac Jones, but is he their guy? Do they know that or not yet?
2: I, I don't think so. I, I you know I, I, he it seemed like in year two he kind of regressed a little bit from, yeah. from what he was in year one. So no, I I, I mean. I'm not, he's still got a chance to be their guy, but I wouldn't say he's earned the right to be called the franchise quarterback yet. I agree. I mean, I think that's a team that you have to kind of
1: wonder about. And, uh, so there are some teams out there, no question, who could be interested in Lamar Jackson. Who's going to want to give up the two first round draft picks and, you know, sign him to that kind of deal? So we will, uh, we will see. I was going to bring up the, the, uh, mock draft one more time because obviously the list of teams that are going to be interested in quarterback I mean we know the Colts are I mean the Colts Colts are probably not going to be in on on Lamar Jackson because it's unlikely with that worse them having the fourth pick in the draft which is where they are currently it's unlikely the Colts are not going to get a young quarterback now a lot of mocks including the one by McShay today have them moving up to number one to get the number one pick in the draft from any, from uh, rather uh, Chicago. And, you know, we've seen different scenarios. The athletic mock draft today had the Colts moving up to get C.J. Stroud. Tom McShay's mock draft has the Colts moving up to get Bryce Young. So who the hell knows? Uh, I, I think the Colts moving up is a possibility uh, who they get, who they select. Who knows? You got Houston. Houston does not have Deshaun Watson anymore. They got that um, young kid that uh, Davis. uh, What was his name? Russ Davis Davis Mills. Mills, Yep. Right. um, uh, Who really didn't blow anybody away? All right. So that they're number two. You got Arizona third. They've got Connor Murray, even though he's coming off an injury. You've got then the Bears who have got Justin Fields. Again, I think they'd be foolish to move on from Fields. They've already had to move on from Mitch Trubisky. Sure, you may fall in love with one of these quarterbacks and say, well, I think C.J. Stroud, for example, is going to be better than Justin Fields. I still think you've got to give Justin Fields time and, again, like with Desmond Ritter, build the team up around him. Now, Then you have Las Vegas, who is currently um, at number seven. So, they could be a possibility because they do not have a quarterback with Derek Carr gone. Seattle re signed Geno Smith last night, and it's for a lot of money. But, you know, if they, there's still talk, they may take a quarterback, Russ, because that young quarterback is going to be a low pay player compared to Geno Smith. Would they do that? Or do you think that money is for a starter and that's it for the next three years for Seattle?
2: No, I, I think they could do something like that. Um, you know, you know, a quarterback I've seen linked to them specifically, Anthony Richardson, I think it would make a lot of yeah. sense if you're going to go that direction to sit him for a season or two since he only had 13 starts in college. Right. I agree. I mean, I think that would be a very good scenario
1: where, I mean, you sure are not going to be forced to to start him from day one. Detroit six. I mean, I, I think they should stay with, with golf. I'm – I mean, Detroit was one of the better stories of last year. Very quietly, right, Russ? I mean, mm-hmm. they were they were pretty good late in the year, and and I think golf was part of that. So, plus they're going to be getting Jamison Williams back next year. I mean, to me, I want to see what what Jared Goff does with some of those pieces of that of that puzzle. So I I just don't see that as a possibility. Um, then Chicago again, talking about that. Atlanta number eight. We've talked about that. Carolina. I mean, this mock draft has Carolina taking Will Levis. Could that happen? Sure. I mean, there's no question. Carolina is is a, a, a team to watch. Philadelphia at number 10, nope. They've got Hurts. Tennessee, no. I mean, they've got a young quarterback, obviously, uh, as, as well, uh, with a kid from um, uh, Malik Willis from um, uh, Liberty. Houston, a second pick there they've already got their chance the jets trying to get Rodgers. patriots as we talked about green bay with jordan love washington question mark steelers have have the uh kid from Pitt, kenny pickett i, I mean think about how we were talking about kenny pickett last year russ i mean say, we have the same conversation every year about these quarterbacks Every year,
2: yeah, no, we do. And and Kenny Pickett was, correct me if I'm wrong. He was the only quarterback taken in the first round. I think so. So this year's group is, and it was a late pick too. So this year's group is a little bit better. But you know, with I think what you're seeing is with Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud showed you in college what they can do. But you just have two, just gotten with Levis and, and Richardson, just two big guys with cannons for an arm. I mean, it's like you know, and we talk about what you know their performances in college but the reality of it is if if you're 64 and in Anthony Richardson's case 244 and you run a 40 that fast and you show up and you're throwing a ball 65 70 yards you could walk into Indianapolis and do that and you're going to be a first round pick even if yeah. you didn't play college
1: football That's right. That's right. What's Tampa Bay going to do, Russ? Ooh. That's Cal- a good Kyle Trask. right? Is it was a yep. second rounder a couple years ago, yep. but what are they going to do with with that
2: position now that Tom's gone? That's a really good question. You know, um, kind of a wild card we haven't heard about much, have we? It's been really quiet. You know, I wonder. Well, and some people have, have speculated. You know, is Tom Brady really retired? I I don't know about all that, but I I would think they'd probably be in the market for a quarterback. I mean, I don't know how they feel about Kyle Trask, but. You know, I haven't heard any uh, NFL experts get on television or the radio and say, yeah, Tampa Bay really likes Kyle Trash. I mean, you're, you're just not hearing that.
1: Nope, not at all. And there was a report today that, again, Brady was thinking about who Who knows. Who? I, I, I don't know if we can assume that if Brady were to come back, it would be with Tampa Bay. I mean, Miami's been mentioned because of the ownership possibility like it was a year or two ago. Raiders have been mentioned because of Las Vegas. Who, who, who knows? Um, you know w- what does Baltimore do if? So if, here's a question. Again, we're just kind of trying to 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 uh, uncover some things. So what the hell does Baltimore do if
2: Lamar Jackson does leave, Russ? <laughs> That's a good question. I'm, i wonder if Todd Muckett's going to have some buyer's remorse. Yeah. If that okay. happens, I mean, I. Well, they may be in the mix, to, you know, to try to move up in the, in the draft and take a quarterback if that happens. I mean, look, that obviously they feel comfortable, kind of, for lack of a better term, floating him out there. Um, Tyler Huntley's their backup; he's got some some time as a starter. Anthony Brown as well. Uh, but you know, you got to remember if Lamar Jackson does go somewhere else, they've got a first round pick coming back to them this year and next year. So I would imagine at least one of those is going to be a quarterback. Yep, it could. It could.
1: So that, those are just some of the teams that that could be looking for some quarterback help and might not. I mean, it's not going to be, it's not going to be easy for for sure. So anyway, um, it is a revolving door that's only going to get quicker and faster and spin harder in the next week and a day as free agency begins a week from tomorrow at four o'clock. We'll hear plenty of rumors until then, but nobody can sign. Until next Wednesday at 4 o'clock. 478-646-ESPN, 4, 6, 6 that is our number. We are talking sports. Tech fans, did Josh Pastor save his job by getting a big win in the ACC tournament in Greensboro today against Florida State? What do you think about that? We'll take a break, come back. More sports talk as we continue on this Tuesday right after this. Music. Braves and Red Sox getting ready to get started down at Northport. A game starts at 6.05. Jared Schuster, the top prospect for the Braves, will be pitching in this game. Lineup looks like this. And remember now that the World Baseball Classic players are gone from the team. So no Ronald Acuna, no Eddie Rosario for the Braves. Ozzy obviously leads all tonight, followed by Matt Olson. Austin Riley batting third. Sean Murphy, the catcher, batting fourth. Michael Harris, the center fielder, fifth. Vaughn Grissom at short. Hilliard, Sam Hilliard, will play right field tonight for Atlanta. Then Marcelo Zuna, the DH. Kevin Palah will be the left fielder, and he will hit ninth. So there you go. They'll face Tanner Houck in this game tonight for the Red Sox, who had a scare yesterday when Justin Turner got hit in the face. I think he's okay, which is. Good news, Braves have about three weeks to go in spring training. Their final game will actually be three weeks from today. At this very point in time, the Braves will be on a flight going to Washington, D.C. They'll be leaving Florida, so they got three weeks to go in spring training. Braves have been at spring training for three weeks. They got there all about Valentine's Day, so we're basically at the halfway point, even though there are more games to be played because they didn't play games every day, of course, early on, they just worked out and had some drills and some stuff going on. Of the six weeks from February the 14th through March the 28th, we're at the halfway point. And I can tell you that nothing that I've heard in the three weeks since spring training began has decreased my enthusiasm for what's going on with this team for the upcoming year. I think this roster looks great. Knock on wood, the injuries have been held in check for the most part. I mean, obviously, Michael Soroka has not gotten on the mound yet. He's going to do another soft toss off the mound or off near the mound tomorrow, which will be good. We'll see how he does for that. He hopes to be able to face some batters next week, but he's not going to be ready. He never was going to be ready for... The major leagues at the start of the season, that was never going to happen. It was always going to be Ian Anderson or one of the other possibilities. But other than the hamstring that Soroka's had and a couple of little small tweaks, nothing important, knock on wood, thank goodness, to cause anyone to not be able to ready to go for the start of the regular season, which starts in 23 days at Washington on Thursday, uh, April, rather, I'm sorry, March. The 30th. That stupid thing where they play a game on Thursday, the 30th, then have an off day on the 31st. How about not just playing the games in a cold-weather state or cold-weather location? Washington, D.C., that would kind of be smart, you think. Braves have three games the Nationals and then have three games in St. Louis before coming home for their first game on April the 6th against the San Diego Padres, which will be one heck of a series early on to see the Padres. Padres look to be a team to beat in the National League. They, of course, made it all the way to the National League Division Series, Championship Series last year, in LCS. Lost the Phillies, and they've probably gotten a little bit better. They are really, really good, and at some point they're going to get that Tatis kid back, but their rotation's really good. Uh, they, they've just made a lot of acquisition and we they're going to have the full year for Juan Soto this year. Obviously they got the kid from Boston, so their infield's going to be unbelievable they are a really good roster and that'll be a fun first opening day series for the home series for the Braves. Four games against the Padres and then three with the Reds. And remember, this is the first year that the Braves and every other team for that matter, all the National League and American League teams, all all 30, are playing everybody. So, for example, the Braves schedule the first month of the season, Washington, St. Louis on the road, then San Diego, Cincinnati at home, then at Kansas City at San Diego, then home against Houston, then Miami at the New York Mets, then in May they play home series with the Orioles and Red Sox and Mariners, and they go to Toronto and Texas and Oakland. So there you go. And uh, that's that's going to be fun. I am like that change. That's one change I do like. I do enjoy the chance to see all the teams. I don't feel like I know the American League teams like I used to, so it'll be good to see all the teams and to be able to kind of enjoy all the stars. Big thing was, I think, kind of the example that people use all the time, and that is that how many people have really seen Mike Trout? And you know we we I uh, I think last year when the Angels came to town right after the All Star break he was out right Russ I don't think he played Otani yeah. did but yeah. I don't
2: think Trout did did he No no he was out for that series with, yeah. uh, but but uh, you know that was cool because to get to go see Otani pitch on that Friday night like we did huh. you know you'll have that Aaron Judge you'll have the opportunity to yeah. see those guys in Atlanta more often now I think that's good for baseball I do too I think that is really good
1: for for the sport. To be able to, because that's what they want. They want you to have the opportunity, and even if there's a player in the American League, to at least every two years to see that player. And so, for example, um, you know, you'll be able to see Mike Trout if he stays in the American League every other year. He'll, is barring health, and as long as he is healthy, there will be plenty of opportunity every two years to see him play in Atlanta, which is good. I, I think that is a a really good thing. That's one rules change I can. Uh, I can I can go with for sure and because it's it's about almost trying to spread the love of baseball. And the more stars you see, the better. I remember one year the Braves, they were going to be so bad in the 1970s that they actually promoted their team by promoting which players from other teams would be coming in to play them. So instead of promoting Phil Necro, Dale Murphy, those kind of players, I think this was either 77 or 78, they promoted the National League stars who would be coming in to play the Braves because they were more marketable than the Braves players themselves. They had a, a promotional. I remember seeing a promotional thing inside of the Braves Illustrated, and it was like, come see Willie Stargel. Come see Dave Parker. Come see Mike Schmidt. Come see Steve Garvey. All these other guys. <laughs> and now, you know, obviously you can see anybody from any team every every other year so yeah I think that's going to be a lot of fun and and um, I think it's just going to be good for the game people can go and you can say hey I love this guy for the Tigers oh let's go see him well they're not here this year well they'll be here next year we'll go next year that kind of thing that I think can just be so positive for for baseball fans of course you can see every game on television somehow shape form or fashion compared to years ago when I was growing up where you really couldn't see America League players except for Games of the Week in the All-Star Game, they were kind of just baseball cards. But now they are come to life and they're there every other year. So I think it's going to be good. That'll be a fun schedule, and we'll see how the Braves do is not having to play. It'll be 20 fewer games versus the National League East, five fewer games versus your teams in your division. So the Braves will play 13 times against the Marlins, Nationals, Mets, and Phillies, and – those games were replaced by American, American League teams, so that's fine. I'll take it. I think they'll be uh, be good, and they play the Yankees every year, and everybody's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun, and the Braves look to be pretty good. I I can't wait for us to do our predictions. Uh, one of the predictions I want to do this year, Russ, is Matt Olson's batting average. With the shift uh, gone, I think that would be fun to get people's thoughts I, on what kind of batting average Matt Olson will have, don't you?
2: I think so, too. Yeah, that that would be a good one, man. And I'm, I'm wondering, is somebody going to push for 400 this year? That would be cool to see. I saw uh, on Twitter somebody asked the question, what would the second half of Brian McCann's career been like with these rules? Oh, my God. But, yeah, I, I think Olson's going to have a big year at the plate. I think it's. I think he would still be playing. Don't you? Yeah, McCann, oh, yeah. yeah. There's, I think there's a chance. I mean, he he
1: just had a sweet swing, and I I just would be really surprised if Brian McCann if can pull his butt off the golf course. I think he'd still be playing. His career drastically changed because of the shift. And by the way, I don't care what Dansby says. Let Dansby run his mouth. Again, people are asking me that even off the air. What do you think about what Dansby said? Whatever. I'm you know I, to be honest with you, I'm happy. And this sounds like a negative connotation and it's really not I'm happy with Vaughn Grissom I think he'll get better I think he's going to hit more consistently I'm ready for Vaughn Grissom I'm kind of ready for Vaughn Grissom to see what he can do and I'm excited about that so whatever let him say whatever he needs to say that's the way it is you leave and you're going to say something stupid and that's what usually happens for some reason or another you are listening to the Bill Shanks Show